This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Philip Malloy is here to talk uh, movies and television. Um, Philip, I, I put a shout out a little earlier in the programme yeah. uh, asking people for their uh, favourite scary Just movies, time. given the uh, the time of year that's in it. I know you've drawn up your, your own uh, top ten, mm. but already a huge number of texts coming in. Uh, well, do you want to run through your list first? Well, and well OK. We'll, we'll be start, we start at ten, do we? Yeah, start at ten. Okay. Yeah, I tell you what, give us five. Give us ten to five and then we'll come ten, back to it a little we'll later. Do, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ten to five. So I just scribble it down here. Um, on the uh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay. At ten, I have The Shining, which is obviously uh, it's based on a Stephen King um, uh, story. I think it was a short story. Uh, stars Jack Nicholson, made by the great Stanley Kubrick. It was with Kubrick, as always. Kubrick refused to travel, so uh, they made it in the UK. And um, I think it's again, it's a movie that's kind of. Was, had a mixed reception when it came out first, as I say, in 1980, but has grown in stature um, over the years and is generally now considered to be the best one, one of the best horror movies of all time. The Innocence from 1961, um, I, I always think that with horror, basically, just basically, you know, there are two kinds of horror. One is psychological horror and the other is the kind of scare you by the seat of your pants type <laughs> gore type horror. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, The Innocence, um, uh, directed by a very nice um, uh, English director called Jack Clayton, a very gentlemanly guy. Um, that's at number. Uh, Deborah Kerr is in it. Uh, it's based on that Henry James story, The Turn of the Screw. Um, I don't know if you remember it or not. And this is a, a very, very... Michael Winner did a version with Marlon Brando, of all people, years later, and it was absolutely disastrous. <laughs> but this was this is a very good, and I recommend it highly. So I put that at number nine. Then The Great, The Wicker Man. From 1973, an awful lot of people, I think, like that. Like that. Mm. And it's about uh, this young girl is missing. Um, this uh, this staunchly Christian um, uh, police sergeant goes to this uh, island called Summer Isle off the coast of uh, Scotland to try and find her. And he finds uh, there that the, the, the people there, the people of Summer Isle, are practicing this uh, this kind of pagan. Uh, Celtic pagan religion so that's basically what the story is about again there's a remake of it with Nicolas Cage and it was an absolute disaster too Um, okay I love okay um, an awful lot of people talk about uh, Alien and like Alien as a horror movie I actually prefer Aliens which was the sequel uh, made by James Cameron. I prefer that to Alien, and I put that at number seven. Then um, I had a chat with one of the guys outside about just talking about number six about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Which do you like? Do you like the '56 version, or do you like the the later version uh, with Donald Sutherland? I like both, and I actually looked at the Donald Sutherland. Got it on Blu-ray. Looked at the Donald Sutherland film quite recently. There's a great, great, a really good um, commentary on it. Uh, given all kinds of information, the kind of stuff that people like me love, all kinds of information about how sh- scenes were shot and how they got people and where they got them and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So I, that's that's, that's the, the later version. But in the original black and white, 1956, made, by the way, by Donald Siegel, who, uh, who subsequently had a very, very uh, prolific relationship with uh, Clint Eastwood, made by him, starring Kevin McCarthy, who I met years ago in the 80s um, in Los Angeles. And um, he turned out to be a really nice man. 
And uh, Dana Winter is in it as well, an actress who actually lived in County Wicklow for years and years and years before going back, going to the United States. I think she lives up on the top of a mountain in California. And uh, But anyway, it, that's Invasion of the Body Snatcher. Mm-hmm. So what I have is... I have The Shining, The Innocence, the Wicker Man, Aliens, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers okay. from ten up to we'll, we'll five. Come ba- we'll come back. Um, we'll come back to your uh, top five in a moment. Just okay. to, to give you a flavour of some of the text yeah. coming in, Julie says, "Paranormal Activity One, Watch It Through My Hands, Drive Me to Hell" is a great horror movie. The beginning of the movie is gripping. The Wicker Man says another listener, "Entity in 1983 was terrifying. The scariest movie I ever saw was Candyman. It came out of nowhere. I love Candyman. I did not." Yeah know what it was couldn't look in the mirror for weeks it's God, a great that does movie. sound scary uh, Child's Play terrified me when I was little as did Jaws and uh, Michael Haneke's funny games is so creepy and sinister says Siobhan and Calester and uh, Night of the Hunter is Michael and Bally Box's mm. choice uh, The Changeling and Salem's Lot scared the pants off me when I watched them says Gary and Drada The Shining a horror movie and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is a film of a horror uh, Trish and Cork says The Exorcist I had months uh, I had nightmares for months <laughs> after seeing it Um <laughs> Watched The Exorcist on Honeymoon in 1974. Scared the living daylights. Haven't watched a horror movie since. <laughs> you shouldn't be watching horror movies on husband. your honeymoon. <laughs> there should be other things you'd be doing on your honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, Owen says, uh, went to a sc- this is a great text actually, went to a school run by the diocese in Cork in the 1980s. We had a very timid priest for religious studies. He used to get a torrid time from some lads in the class. I'll never forget the day, however, when he told us, almost reluctantly, he was diocesan, he was the diocesan exorcist and there were, quote, things he'd seen that he wouldn't wish <laughs> anyone should ever know. <laughs> Scared to be Jesus out of us all. I still get the creeps and remember that day when I, whenever I see the uh. exorcist. Um, John Dublin says The Fog, directed by John Carpenter. Nice film. Yeah. Um, another terrifying movie was Event Horizon, built almost as a sci-fi and ended up being pure horror. Took a while to get over it. So that's yeah, some I'm, of I'm not mad about Event Horizon, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I have to lay my cards on the table. I absolutely hate horror movies. I have no interest yeah. in them. I just I don't George like, doesn't like them either. I don't like being scared. I've no interest in being life is scary enough without <laughs> watching it on horror. But anyway, we'll come back to your top five a little later. Yeah. Um you've got a competition. Competition, okay. Christopher Nolan's space epic Interstellar will have its premiere at the Savoy Cinema in Dublin on Tuesday night next. That's the fourth of November. And and tonight we have twenty double tickets to give away. And no, no it's Nolan's first film since The Dark Knight Rises. Uh it's set at a time in the future when the earth has been devastated by drought and uh, famine. And when this mysterious rip in the space-time continuum is discovered, mankind gets the opportunity to go searching for habitable alternatives to Earth. So that's basically what it's about. Mm. Uh, It's shot on location in Canada, Iceland and California. All-star cast. It actually has a wonderful cast. It does. Matthew McConaughey, Anna um, Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, Casey Affleck, Wes Bentley, Michael Caine, John Lithgow, David Oyelowo, um, Ellen Burstyn and even Matt Damon in a... uh, cameo role. Now to be in with a chance of winning a pair of, of tickets we have 40 in total to give away so to be in with a chance of winning a pair tell us the uh, name of the movie which Matthew McConaughey won or the name for, of the movie for which he won an Oscar earlier this na- year. Was it Boston Buyers Club Dallas Buyers Club or Chicago <laughs> Buyers Club <laughs> and text your answer to 53106 That's a toughie. That text, is a toughie. Text your answer to 53106 Okay Come here, we, we were doing the same thing last uh, Friday morning. We at, were. At about, what time is it? About half ten or so? It was half ten, yeah. Yeah, yeah. in the Lighthouse Cinema. Yes. We, we both went to see The Guarantee. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, first of all, we should say to people that it's, it's well, it's adapted from a stage play by a journalist called, I think he's an independent journalist called Colin Murphy, and it's produced by John Kelleher. The Free, former, freelance journalist, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Free, free, uh, it's produced by John Kelleher, who's the former uh, film censor. And it's the story of the guarantee that was, uh, I suppose, offered to six main Irish banks at the end of 2000 to save them from the effects um, of the economic collapse. And it focuses in particular, as you say, you were there, uh, so you can testify to all this. It focuses in particular on the Anglo-Irish Bank um, case, which... I suppose, due to its exposure to property lending and mismanagement, incurred vast debts in and outside the country. Mm. Now, you want to know uh, what we thought of it. Yeah, um, you, you weren't mad about it. No, no. I think and much of the – there's been a huge amount of publicity for it. So whoever carried out that campaign deserves to be uh, congratulated anyway. And um, I, I – I, I think it, it okay. First of all, the the, uh, the, the publicity cam has focused on the size of the story, and how you know the decision of the Cowan Lenehan uh, government to effectively nationalise the banks was the biggest uh, thing of its kind in Irish history, and uh, the suggestion is that uh, it's going to cost about 60 to 65 billion um, euro. That's the gross cost. We'll, yeah. we'll get some, we'll probably get about 20 billion back yeah. from various investments and so on. But yeah, that's the, the gross cost. Yeah. So, and obviously if that's the case, it's very hard to see how, you know, every adult citizen in the country hasn't been affected by it in in some way. And I think and The most for, expensive film ever made. Yeah, <laughs> 44 yeah. billion euro. Yeah, uh, I, I, but I, I think because of that and because of how all Awful and appalling, and how nasty for the country it was. I think it deserves something better than the guarantee. Uh, at its best, I think it feels like an exercise. It's a, it's a glossy, superficial mix of uh, documentary clips and reconstruction of the type that you tend to get on TV3 in these TV3 crime and uh, celebrity profiles. Apart, I think, from uh, the Anglo executive David Drummond, who had this rich line uh, of profanity, everyone seems to talk, I think, in press release language. There's no notable characterizations, and the directory in power, he constantly, and I think irritating, the splashes graphics on the screen uh, to try to create a, a vivid sense. Uh, if you're generally familiar, I think, with the story of the, the bank guarantee, uh, this will tell you, I think, nothing new. And if you're not, uh, I think uh, there isn't enough in it. There isn't enough in it to maybe to intrigue or involve you. Uh, I saw an article in the Irish Times last week. I think it might have been written by Miriam, Miriam Lord, mm. um, which said that uh, 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 that it pointed out that it might have been hampered by the running time, which I think was about 76 it was minutes. Short. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but my, my point about that is, well, why do it at all uh, then? Or why not spend more money on sort of developing it? It's opening in cinemas uh, tomorrow and it'll be shown on TV3, I gather, in December. I, I wouldn't be as yeah, critical yeah, of it yeah, as you yeah, are. Now, look, yeah. I, you know, I'm probably, I'm a bit of a geek about this, yeah. uh, about politics and stuff, so maybe I'm not the best audience. Yeah. What I liked about it was I thought at least they didn't fall into the trap of simplifying it and making it all about, look, there was this easy decision that could have been made and wasn't made. I mean, they made it pretty clear in the film that by the time they came to take that decision, 
uh, there was actually a line but I think y- where, yeah, where it was like but, there's no right to say yeah, so there's you only have to agree that you would have more insight into the, this stuff than most people yeah, would have okay? I agree yeah. so you're, to some extent you're not looking at it from the same sort of vantage point no but I was relieved it did, I thought I was afraid they would present it as you know we, we, we made this decision and there was an obvi- a blindingly obvious alternative decision we could have made that would have saved us which would have been I would have been a travesty if they'd done that they I, didn't I, do I, that I have to say I thought it was incredibly superficial and the characterisation or the lack of characterisation really annoyed me um, as I said uh, Drum uh, as was this sort of foul-mouthed figure and he was the only one who had anything approach and it was because of he played was, by he, the actor who plays Fran in, in, Peter in Love Hate yeah, Peter. Yeah. and uh, he was the only uh, only guy who had anything approaching I think a, a characterisation um, with the others especially the Taoiseach and the, the Minister of Finance that's Brian Lenehan and Brian, uh, Ken, Brian Cowan yeah. they were sullen-faced and they had really the, well, they, they, had, <laughs> they had a lot to be sullen-faced sullen about, about. They, they had, but yeah, you still you might have been yeah, I mean you have to make. You have to understand. You're making a movie here. You know. Yeah. They, you they have did, to find though, a way they, to they involve kind of, people. Brian Lennon was kind of the, the the relative hero of the piece. It it wasn't a flattering portrayal of Brian Kelly. Yeah, but it, all through the movie, all you get is Brian Lennon looking off into the distance. Or um, I mean, there was he had no lines. You know, he had no real sort of dialogue. As I say, I say, I say about um, uh, the uh, press release speak. That's the way they and and you know. Surely there was more to their lives, even if they were under an awful lot of pressure, than that, you know. Yeah, I suppose so. But I mean, this was—it was about the guarantee. It was about mm. that night. Um, I don't mean you. I, I, I thought it was a reasonable. Yeah, the one thing I'd say—I I just emphasise about that, about it being a bit about the guarantee. And this is a movie, and to bring you need ways of bringing people, of making an emotional connection with people, no matter what it's about. Okay. Know? Okay. Fair point. Yeah. Um, okay. What else you got in? in okay. Coming out this um, week? Uh, apart from the guarantee, from my point of view, anyway, it's a really good week. Uh, Mr. Turner is out, and that's a biopic covering the the last twenty five years in the life of the groundbreaking nineteenth uh, century. British painter J.M.W. Turner and okay it covers his relationship with two women this kind of stiff slightly hunchbacked housemaid played by Dorothy Atkinson who works in his house and a widowed landlady that he meets on a trip to Margate and basically forms a relationship with her there's a very good um, a kind of picture of his relationship with his father who's a former London butcher in it and um, then he had this relationship as well that he has with the, the, the London sort of uh, art establishment uh, but most of all, I think it's a, it covers his kind of jaunts all over the country um, uh, to research his work and the people he meets and how that you know how he, the, the character of this guy actually emerges through all this. Um, I, I saw a figure uh, for for the cost of it of six point seven million six point seven million pounds, uh, which is if you look at this movie, it has sort of great sort of scope. Uh, it, it has a great sort of sense of period, a very convincing, incredible sense of period, and um, uh, so for six point seven, it's an absolute steal as as far as I'm concerned. With the thing that it actually does is um, uh, Turner himself is presented as this kind of bow-legged, sort of grumpy, uh, grunting mm. sort of figure, and what it does is, you, on the one hand, you, you, he's producing these absolutely sublime paintings, and on the other hand. He's this kind of person. This is the kind. Of, so what the movie does is it actually 
you know, juxtaposes those kind of two things very, very... As, uh, that probably is so often the case with, with great artists. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, Timothy, Timothy Spall plays... Uh, Timothy Spall. He he's a good choice, I would imagine. Oh, he? great choice, great, great choice. And he has a long... It's directed by Mike Lee. He has a long uh, association with Mike Lee. Uh, the, the cinematography in it, by the way, is, a guy, is by a guy called Dick Pope, who's made 10 movies with Mike Lee over a period of 24 years, and he'll be on the picture show on News Talk on Saturday night. Okay. Oh, okay. As well as that, then we have a film. You'd, you'd, I'd recommend you you go to this. You'd be interested. In oh, it. hold on a second, yeah. because we, we need to take a break. Okay. And, we, and we'll come back. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you have a clip? For yes, us to play I have out? a scene. Uh, okay, this is a scene from a very famous film. The actor who is talking is relatively easy, I think, to identify. But who is the actor that he's talking to? Fredo, you're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Mm, probably one of the most quoted lines in uh, yeah, cinema history. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it was, of course, um, John Cazell. Yeah. It, uh, the played, well, the character he's talking to was yeah. John Cazell. Al Pacino, of course, yeah. played... Uh, Michael and Corleone. They're in um, Las Vegas at that stage, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, he's and just gone down. Mo Green. Uh, yeah. Mo Green has basically uh, he's tackled Mo Green, and Mo Green has slapped him around the head a couple yeah. of times because he was yeah. doing something with a couple of cocktail waitresses that he shouldn't yeah. have been doing. And uh, then he, but he jumps in defending Mo Green against yeah. Michael, and Michael takes a dim view of it. Yeah. And um, as you say, it's John Casal, and uh, John Casal, he died of cancer in 1978, yeah, at the age of 42, and he left five movies, and we we're just saying off air, uh, left five movies behind, and they're all now sort of considered classics, Dog Day Afternoon, The Godfather, The Godfather Part Two, The Conversation, and The Deer Hunter, and um, he was... I, there's arguably nobody in cinema history that has left, yeah. that has such a like an almost flawless track mm. record of films mm. because like as you say five films all classics mm. he was dying of cancer while he was making The Deer Hunter the director Michael Cimino knew about it the studio uh, United Artists didn't know and when they found out they threatened to uh, to sack him and uh, um, he, his girlfriend at the time uh, was Merle Streep uh, they were very, very devoted to each other I never knew and, that well, yeah. Yeah. and, and she, uh, she warned that she'd quit as well if they sat Casal so they kept them on and what uh, Cimino did was he filmed all his scenes at the beginning of the movie just in case anything happened to him OK uh, so, by the way Matt, congratulations to uh, Matt Lee of uh, Salbridge he, he realised that it was uh, John Cazell so uh, okay. he wins that prize um, OK by the way I, I kind of interrupt you because we yeah. need to take a break. You were going All to right. tell me about Nightcrawler. You had yeah. flagged it with me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I, understand it I really like really like this movie, and I'm, I'm, I'm can't wait to see it again. It's a savagely funny, I think, uh, piece of social satire about this bony, bug-eyed uh, LA loner. He's called Lou Bloom, and he's played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal lost thirty pounds in weight in order to pay the old Oscar yeah. Oscar that uh, warning. Be, yeah. That seems to be a, <laughs> uh, the sort of thing you do. Yeah. yeah, and he makes he makes a living basically fencing stolen goods ranging from bicycles to barbed wire and he comes upon the freeway one night he, uh, he, he comes upon this accident and he notices the cameraman swarming around an upturned car decides on a career change he acquires a police scanner and a camcorder and he 
becomes a nightcrawler. And a nightcrawler basically is, is, is a guy who records bloody road accidents, house fires, shootouts for the tabloid TV outlets who work through the night to catch the sort of early morning appetite uh, for sensational mm. uh, television coverage. Now, he presents Lou, that's Gilroy. The in- interesting thing about this this director is he's the, he's the brother of Tony Gilroy, who wrote the Bourne movies, and he's the, uh, the, the son of a film director called Frank Gilroy, uh, who had a big success in the 60s um, with a movie called The Subject Was Roses. And uh, anyway, he presents Lou as a kind of a moral uh, entrepreneur. He's spouting free market mantras. He's acquired from uh, self-help books. And um, he's, he's willing to expose himself to the law in order to advance his position and his standing as a businessman. Um, I have to say, I really love this. It's very entertaining. It's very well paced. Uh, very, very strong characterizations. Um, uh, Rennie Russo, who's Dan Gilroy's wife, has one of her the best roles of her life, I think, um, in this as as one of the uh, the heads of news at a st- at, at a TV station. Yeah, an actress so, we haven't heard yeah, a lot a long of time. Yeah, years, yeah. Uh, you may remember she was in uh, what was she in? That was the last thing that she the last prominent thing that we saw. God, I don't know. Good question. Yeah, uh, the good. Thomas Crown affair, wouldn't it? Yeah, which was yeah. an absolute turkey. I thought. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thought okay. it was brutal. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, I'd recommend... It was a remake, wasn't it? That's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. I'd recommend uh, the, uh, the Nightcrawler, I have to say. Um, listen, just uh, we we, yeah. we better do this just in case we forget because we'll, yeah. we're, we're yeah. almost running out of time. Give us your... Run through your top five Halloween Okay, my movies. top five uh, Halloweens then are The Fly uh, with Jeff Goldblum. Uh, it's a David Cronenberg film. It's from 1986. I really love it. And then Halloween at number four... Um, it's it's from 1978. Uh, I think an awful lot. Of, it's an impeccably impeccably made movie. Uh, and, Terrifying. And, and, yeah, I remember watching it. Absolutely love it. It's a John Carpenter film, by the way. That should be. And Carpenter was was and is he probably he doesn't make enough movies for for me I don't know what he's done he seems to retire quite early on uh, but he's a great great filmmaker then at number three Night of the the Hunter um, with the great Robert Mitchum yeah. it's from 1955 and uh, that's a, that's a really eerie sort it of is, film isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. then number two anyway I have a, a Psycho uh, at that stage um, uh, this was 1959 ish and at that stage Hitchcock had actually made The Wrong Man Vertigo, North by Northwest, and then he followed with Psycho. So this man was into a, a, a purple patch, not like no other purple patch. Yeah, yeah. That's at number two. And the number one is The Exorcist. Uh, William Friedkin's film uh, was nominated, it's not from 1973. There are two, considered to be two golden ages in, in American cinema. One is the 30s and the other is the 70s. And this is from the 70s. It's about the demonic possession of a 12 year old girl, as you probably know. And uh, Linda Blair played the child, nominated for 10 Oscars and one, two. So I'd go for The Exorcist at number one. Okay. Are, are you a fan of horror movies generally? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 yeah, this, 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 you, you won't like me saying this, but I, I find that it's almost essential to be a horror fan if you're not essential but it's part of being a movie there's buff. quite a lot of them right? there's one out at the moment is there Ouija board or something or Ouija, Ouija is out but uh, there's a better one called The Babadook um, out which is it, it, it's, a kind of, it's the kind of psychological horror movie that we were talking about it's an Australian film made for about two and a half million dollars and it's, it's, it's really good I'd recommend it strongly we mentioned it last week okay um 
Could, stuff. I, yeah, could, I, could, could I mention, I, I, I told these people I'd mention, it's the Gough Gaffa International Documentary Film Festival. Gough Gaffa. And it, the first, uh, it, it was on in Mallon in County Donegal last weekend. That's the 25th and the 26th in Mallon. And it continues um, next weekend, this coming weekend, at Hedford House in Kells in County Mead. It's the first time they've done this. Over 20 films from uh, 15 different countries celebrating the groundbreaking work of some of the uh, the leading independent docu- uh, documentary filmmakers. So anyway, it's at Hedford House in in Kells, County Mead. Okay, staying uh, stay with matters, uh, yeah. Gaelga, uh, yeah. Kieran has uh, texted in to say, has Philip seen On Bruntonus, The Gift? Uh, it's no. a cracking new drama series in TG Carter every Thursday. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, 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 did I see someone actually suggesting that it would be Ireland's entry uh, be, uh, uh, entry in the best foreign uh, language yeah, section I think of the it's a, Is it only the second ever Irish language film, film. Uh, to be no, potentially to be nominated yeah. for, for the Oscars yeah. so yeah. that's interesting yeah we look out for it I haven't seen it yet yeah I think th- th- they've cut a, it's a five part series but I think they've cut a, a movie version, version of it, of it yeah. um, Donald our producer is a big fan he says it's it's really really good mm. um, Claire Downey a listener once we got in touch with you wanting to yeah. know if uh, Alice and Janie ever won an Yeah, Oscar. she seems to be having a bit of a discussion about this. Her husband uh, says with, she with has. Her husband. She doesn't uh, think so. Yeah, well, she hasn't actually. You're, you're right, Claire. She hasn't won an Oscar. But I have to say, I can see where the husband is coming from as well because she's won an absolute hatful of Emmys. Uh, underlining her range, her range um, she won... This year, she actually won two Emmys for the Outstanding Guest Performance in a Drama for that series, Masters of Sex. And then she had Outstanding Supporting Performance in a Comedy for the sitcom Mum. And, uh, of course, she's been nominated, uh, I think, for almost every year that she was on the West Wing. And she as C.J. Craig, who, was the, as you may recall, was the government press secretary. Yeah, yeah. And she won. She actually won four Emmy Awards. She won four Emmy Awards as C.J. Craig. So that would be a total of six that she ha- has. So. Mm. So there you go. That yeah. masses of sex is a pile of you know. I that was an art, absolute muck. I like the uh, I like the actor in his chain. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he is very, very, very. Sheen. Yeah, but I yeah. just ugh, I don't like it. Um, by the way, if anyone wants a scare tonight, the Wicker Man is on in the Sugar Club uh, tonight, eight p uh, eight p.m. Oh, in good. aid of uh, first fortnight. Uh, my, uh, the producer Don was in my ear saying that T.G. Carr is trying to establish a Celtic noir genre. So yeah, I mean, look, there's no re- you, you have you have Danish language uh, yeah. films and Welsh language films. So I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't have. Irish language films with with subtitles for an international audience if it's done well. No, no, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, get them shown on BBC Three and stuff like that, yeah. like they do with those movies. Yeah, you know? okay. Yeah. Um, Brian Donovan from Kilkenny's been. I have to say, the Hunger Games thing is it's completely bypassed me. I haven't got yeah. into it at all. I know you're you're a fan. Well, I'm, I'm I'm okay of a fan, you know. I I think Jennifer Lawrence is a is a wonderful actress, and she's very striking. She has great, I think, as well as being a good actress, she has a great kind of star presence. And Brian Donovan, he's from Kilkenny, and he asks uh, when the next Hunger Games movie is out. It's due out here on the twenty first of November, and it's the Hunger Games Mockingjay. What they've actually done is the third book in the Susan Collins trilogy. They've broke. They've done what they did with Harry Potter. They've made it into two movies. So we'll see. As I said, we'll see the first. First part of Mockingjay on the 21st of November and the second part at about the same time next year. So, uh, Okay, Patricia go. Turner was on to you as well asking uh, asking if they're making a film version of a yeah. series. I have to say yeah. it brings back sort of warm well, memories of my... Uh, yeah. which, actually, I, I stumbled across it on the telly today. It was on 
Was it on TG Car or well, one of uh, Little House in the Prairie? Well, they are doing it. They're doing a film version. That's a, a cinema version of Little House on the Prairie. It's been directed by a man called Dean Durkin, who did the highly rated Marta Marcy May Marlene. He's a Canadian filmmaker. It's from a script by Abby Morgan. Abby Morgan did that Steve McQueen. She wrote that Steve McQueen movie, Shame, and also The Iron Lady. And it's been produced by a guy called Scott Rudin, who's very, very highly respected in Hollywood. So there's good sort of people behind it and you may recall Little House on the Prairie um, it's from uh, the uh, 80s and 90s I was on 80s 80s and 80s 80s and 90s yeah yeah, yeah, sorry sorry, not 1980s yeah yeah and it was made by uh, NBC television it starred Michael Landon uh, who also developed it Michael Landon had him I I met him twice in Los Angeles and he was a wonderful man I was on the set of a series he did called Highway to Heaven but he, he did three hugely successful television series that, la- that covered about 30 years of his life uh, um, uh, Bonanza uh, Little House on the Prairie and Highway to Heaven and one of the amazing things about him was he was a bedwetter as a child Okay, and he travelled all over the United States actually talking to people about bedwetting he, believe it or he not he always seemed like an unbelievably nice he's a, really, he's a gorgeous guy lovely guy ok alright well listen look, that's all we've got time for yeah, I'm looking forward to Little House on the Prairie yeah. I have to say it, al- <laughs> it always made me cry uh, when I watched it but uh, Phil Malloy as ever uh, thanks for that Thank We'll be back with George, of course, uh, next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.